Oh, doink doink. Doink doink. <laughs> I must have the doink doink. I must have the doink doink. Yeah, so the main character's gonna go, I must have the toot toot. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool for spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie Titan AE that we're explaining today, tune out and tune back in once you've seen it or else we're gonna ruin the whole thing for ya. For other movie spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it goes. We're going to start off by talking about what we watched this week, move on to some movie-related questions, the explanation, and then we're going to wrap it up by rating the movie and talking about uh, watch list additions and recommendations. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> no, we're it really take is. You higher. <laughs> We're gonna take you higher. Just like Creed would want. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to start? What'd you watch this week, y'all? I watched all of Fleabag. Yay! (laughs) Both seasons. I watched both seasons. They're really short episodes. That's crazy that you did that. (laughs) Well, it's just like, well, they're only like 30 minute episodes and there's only like six episodes per season. So, and it's just so addicting. Was it as good as she said? It's so good. Yay. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is just the most genius person like I would really like to meet her oh my goodness <laughs> she's so does smart does she write the show too she does Aww. yeah yeah it's just so I like intelligent people create stuff they love <laughs> yeah I want more but I feel like she's not gonna make anymore you think it's so. done well I read afterwards that she doesn't really have a plan for a third season mm. she doesn't intend to make a third season she didn't really want to make a second season, but it kind of just, like... Was the second season just as good? Yeah. I thought it was better. Oh, yeah. Oh. I love the second season. I love the second season. It was great. So she should do a third. Well, See, I, I didn't care to hear this news when Kimmy shared it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I because was I was like about blissfully it. ignorant and being like, mm, I can't wait for next summer when mm. I get more flea bag. Well, and she's like, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that she's like, no, fuck, I'm, fuck you guys. I'm never going to make another one. <laughs> I think she just doesn't have... I don't think that she wants to, like, burden herself with a deadline. Mm. So I think with season two, she was just like, it kind of just happened, and I yeah. was, like, ready to do it. I so. think it's because she's she's a hot commodity, like, shooting to superstardom, so yeah. she probably, yeah, she's probably getting a lot of offers. That's true, yeah. She to do other things. Uh, isn't she? This is going to sound totally wrong. I don't know. I thought she was going to be involved in the new James Bond. <laughs> yes, she's writing the new James Bond. I think I did read yes. that. Yeah. So, like, she's got... Wow. Yeah, she's got tons to That's do. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a blessing she is. I also, I picked up Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. Oh, good. So, just last night, so really haven't gotten that Because you gotta get yourself ready for that musical episode yeah. at Comic-Con. Yes, yes. It is, like, arguably one of the most fun episodes. Oh, really? Yes. Well, that's nice. I, I do know all the songs of, of the... So, you better go. Sorry, I'm talking about the, the musical episode from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I believe it's season six. And I know all the lyrics to all the songs. It's really embarrassing. I watched that episode so many times. And the, the songs are not good, you guys. They're, like, really bad. <laughs> but it's fun. But it's so fun. I like the title of the episode. I don't What's know what it means. What's more feeling? Yeah, I think that's a good title. Yeah. It is a good title. Yeah, it's great. And, like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I was going to continue to talk about it. But it's, like, <laughs> I'm going to say, like, the demon is, like really like not important to the episode mm. it's like it's all about the song oh. <laughs> so it's great and then i watched 
with you guys, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. It I can't say enough nice things about it. I yeah, thought it was amazing. Yes. I, I don't want to ruin this for anyone out there who hasn't heard this, but I knew something about a character that I think a lot of people knew going into this, and so I was on the lookout for it, waiting for something to happen, and trying to predict how things were going to unfold, and it just really surprised me. Even I would agree. though I had a certain idea in my head, mm-hmm. and that idea did come true, I had no idea how we were going to get there, and yeah. that was very exciting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love how vague this all is. <laughs> right? <laughs> certain twists and turns were very <laughs> The ones you may think are going to twist, they do. And they turn as well. Yeah. Uh, also, those post-credit scenes were dope. Both of them uh, were so important. Yes, mm-hmm. which, uh, I, especially after uh, Endgame, which didn't have them. They just yeah. had some music. Not music, some sound effects. Yeah, they yeah. just had sound effects that were meant to just, like, pull out your heartstrings. But this one, oh, what a way to, like, get us back in the game. Totally. Yeah, super awesome. And I told the girls this off-air, but this just solidifies Tom Holland as my favorite Spider-Man. Like, you yeah. can't get better than that. That scene Tom on the Holland's plane, great. you guys. I know, yes, I That know. scene on the plane, you guys. He's really great. I I mean, I, I love all the Spider-Mans. So You've like, really been on the Tom Holland train, though. Oh, he. I think he's great. Because yeah. he's a kid, you he's, know? And I didn't realize how much I wanted that until we had it. I, know. I, I realized that is what he should be. Mm-hmm. You've seen that thing of, like, where it's a picture of Tobey Maguire, it says Spider-Man, and then a picture of Andrew Garfield, it says Spider-Teen, and then it's Tom Holland, it goes Spider-Boy. <laughs> or, like, Spider-Child. <laughs> Spider-Infant. <laughs> then Courtney and I went to this dope rooftop uh, movie theater that we'd never been to before to go oh, watch I The Big Lebowski, it. and we can't say enough nice things about it, we gotta take Kimmy there with us, because mm-hmm. it was so sick, and they have lawn chairs that recline, which we didn't know until I saw the guy next to me do it, and I went, Courtney, help me figure this out, <laughs> and I flew that thing back, <laughs> and, and I listened. did sit back, I did relax, <laughs> <laughs> just like I did enjoy do. the show. And they, they give you headphones so you can adjust the volume yourself. How brilliant yeah. is that? And That's I wonderful. like it because it's probably just a city ordinance thing. Of right. Like, you can have your rooftop cinema, but you can't be loud. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. They had a bar. They had, like Courtney said, we didn't get it, but they had $5 refillable popcorn. Yeah, it was endless popcorn. What is that? That's so uh, cute. And there was also, we'll post a picture of this on our Instagram. There were really cute movies, like simplified cutouts. And so we got an awesome picture of Kayleen next to Baby Driver. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And then, like yeah. a Like a promo poster or something? No, like, it, it like was a like kind like of cardboard cutout. Oh, oh. Yeah. Kind of like, a, what did you say, like 50s themed seeming? It, it all just looked very, like when you look like at... It was like old um, school on purpose. Old school, or if you look at um, minimalist movie posters. Yeah. It looked like that. And so there's no facial features, really. Um, and the mm-hmm. whole, it's a whole wall that's meant for just, just photo ops. Yeah, um, that's so Which fun. is really neat. We kind of encroached ourselves on this lady's table and she moved her stuff. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just really want to that sat next to Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't sit next to Ansel if you don't want me to stand here. Did you like Big Lebowski? Mm-hmm. It was really fun. And like I said on one of our podcasts, I didn't remember anything about it and as I was watching it, I realized I remembered even less than I thought. Kayleen's <laughs> oh. jaw kept dropping and so much. She'd look at me, she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Courtney's like, you don't remember this part? It's pretty big. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was really good. 
Cool. Very funny. A, a classic for a reason. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And, and now it, I'm gonna dress as him at Comic Con. What? 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 <laughs> yes. It's not giddy a joke. Much. I really am. <laughs> you really for sure are. Good. Yeah. No, I am. Yes, because you were you were pretty giddy that night, and you were like, "This looks great." <laughs> it did. Wearing, wearing my boxers and my cardigan. <laughs> but I thought it was just you know like one of those. In the heat of the moment. No, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I really think you should. Yeah. It just came together so <laughs> easily. <laughs> because the, I was like banking on Mr. Robot or something like that coming and then yeah. I would, it would sway me to do that and nothing that, nothing that I was on the fence about came. So. Right. You know what? I'm going to the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Was that all you watched? And then Midsummer, but we're going to talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I also watched, um... The Crow, so I'll talk oh, about that cool. in another episode. And then I watched, I finished my entire rewatch of Veronica Mars. Yay! Nice. The whole thing, all three seasons, and the movie. Sick. Um, and so just, and I'm just really excited for the new season, which is coming out so soon. And that's what I watched this week. Cool. Okay, well, let's get into these questions. This week, I watched Titan AE. It's not the first time I've seen it. I used to watch it as a kid. Um, probably should have left that way. But we'll get, it into, we'll get into that later. Um, here's the first question. What animated movie would make the best live action movie? Go for it. Okay. So I have a honorable mention here. Okay. Um, I actually, I wrote three down because I was scared you guys were going to pick mine. If so. you pick mine, I'm literally going to punch you. <laughs> I know I say that often, but I will. I just, I wrote, I'm not going to say all three because <laughs> I had it her fist just talks. in case. <laughs> Here's my honorable mention. Treasure Planet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. That would be so great. I and remember really liking that when I saw that. Yeah. It, I don't remember anything about it, though. I don't remember that much about it, but, <laughs> like... The Philistines. I remember that whole movie. Isn't there, like, a <laughs> ship in the sky? It's just Treasure Island, but planets. <laughs> There's ships think, in the sky. It's awesome. We really have, like, the CGI and motion capture capabilities now to make really good. I feel like it would look like also, Mortal Engines. <laughs> I was going to say, we can also de-age Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I know. It, that it needs to be in it. That's hilarious because in my mind's eye, I was picturing Gordon, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as That's the so main funny. character. Well, he's the voice of it. What? Oh my god, <laughs> what else did you think? <laughs> he looks like the character. Yeah, he's in it. That's so great. That's so great. Wow. Okay, but my real answer is Atlantis. Yeah, that was that was that. an honorable mention. Okay, thank you. I'm scared I'm gonna get punched. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I know what yours is actually, though. I bet you do. Um, Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, that no, would be dope. I yeah. know that like the internet and people all over the world have been like advocating for this yep. movie to be made into live action for years and years and years. It's just like it's time. It's it, one people love to fan cast. Yes, there's and that's, always like yeah. photos with the characters on the yep. left and their dream actors. And I, yeah, right? I think that's why I want it so badly because I've seen so many that are really good picks mm-hmm. for the cast. I know. Mm-hmm. I want it. I know. I now. Really want it too. <laughs> I loved that movie as a kid. It's so magical. It I want to live underwater. See, that wasn't no. I, I love that. I watched Treasure Planet. I did not watch Atlantis. I like Underwater. No, I watched Treasure Planet over and over again. Oh. And then I feel like we owned the sequel to Atlantis. <laughs> I, rem- <laughs> I remember watching Atlantis and Treasure Planet came out and I was like, it's like not as good Atlantis. <laughs> no, that's how I felt about Atlantis. This is worse Treasure Planet. <laughs> yeah, so th- that was my pick. 
Awesome. <laughs> I agree. Do you have anybody you would want to see in those roles? Well, like, not to, like, put these two together again, but definitely the most recent one, I think, that would work really well is Tom Holland and Zendaya. Like, oh. oh, I was thinking Cole Sprouse and Zendaya. I know, yeah. I saw that Cole Sprouse. Because Cole Sprouse is a big hit for that. Yeah. 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 With his, his hair like that and, and his yeah. big yeah. glasses. And the other characters are so castable, too. Like, I know, like, way back when, when they were a bit younger, they would always put, um... J.K. Simmons is one of them, right? Yeah, oh, J.K. Yeah. Simmons the is the dynamite, dynamite guy. They'd put Michelle Rodriguez as the... The girl. The girl, <laughs> the, the two-for-flinching chick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like back in the day they used to put Zoe Saldana in the Zendaya place, but now she's too Oh, old. I feel like they used to do that, yeah. yeah. And they would, like, have Kate Blanchett or Diane Kruger as the... The blonde badass. See, that's insane that we've people have been fan casting it for that long. No, it's like so old. It's like Danny DeVito as mole. Yeah, <laughs> which is excellent. Yes, but yeah. it's like, can't really do it anymore. Yeah, uh, nice. I know you don't have mine, so you can go next if you want. Oh, okay. Do you know? I want you to guess what it is. I think you picked the black cauldron. I did pick the okay. black cauldron. <laughs> yes, I knew it. I've, <laughs> I wanted to see that be a live action since like the day that I watched it. Um... I haven't seen it in a really long time, and I would actually really love to revisit it, but I'm a little scared that it's going to ruin the memory for it's me. It's not going to hold up? Yeah, I don't, and I don't know that for a fact. I just know that it was so wonderful to me as a kid, and you guys know that I'm not super big into scary stuff, and for whatever reason, this just rode that line really well of being super scary, but not mm-hmm. so much that I didn't like it, mm-hmm. and it's all. I was also thinking about this today when I picked this answer. It's funny because there are weird things in movies that freaked me out that weren't scary, but then, like, this movie didn't scare me. Like, I was thinking about how the trees in The Wizard of Oz freaked me out, yeah. the ones that throw the apples. But, like, this movie I didn't find scary, even though there's scary, like, like demon skull guys yeah. and the the actual cauldron-sturry skull guys. Very scary. Yeah. But it, I just think it's so magical and there's something fun about how scary it is. Yeah. And I really like the main characters. And I feel like young me probably had a crush on the animated boy. <laughs> and I would love to see it in yeah. live action. But also, then the people cast would be kids and now I'm older and it's not, I don't know. Something I about it isn't as exciting now that I'm not their age. I wouldn't want them to like Percy Jackson it. You know what I Ugh, mean? Yeah. Like they have to get the right amount of dark and like yeah. not corny like effects and shit like that. So that it would be readable, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's what I feel like they would do. I just, know? they would have to give it to someone trustworthy, yeah. you know? Because somebody could do something good with it, but I could see it being Percy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> that's a term now. <laughs> Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Cool. Okay, so I have an honorable mention, uh, which I'm sad because I don't think I'm ever going to get. <laughs> Especially with Dora the Explorer coming out. Is it Diego? No. <laughs> no, it is the Wild Thornberries. Oh. oh. I love the Wild Thornberries movie. I just think that there's there's so much fun you can do with it because, yeah, she's always talking to animals and you'd have, like, all the... I, I don't really like CGI animals, um, but maybe you could do some really cool stuff with, like, the jungle and actual animals mm. and that sort of a thing. And then I'll just actually say I would be excited to see who would play Nigel Thornberry. Um, but there's actually this uh, girl who cosplays, I believe her name is Ash Cosplay, A-S-H-E, and her and her little sister, they're um, they're both black, and they did a Debbie and Eliza cosplay, and it's the cutest thing yeah, ever. They and super I just like the the character um, ethnicities, so that yes. they can 
I think that's lovely. Oh gosh, they look How old so are they? good. Um, I I actually don't know the age, and I think the photo's quite old. But I just l- looking at that, I was like, I would totally watch a movie of this. Yeah. Of, yeah. Um, the two of them doing that. My actual answer, and that's why I had an honorable mention, is because I don't want anyone to find this blasphemous. Uh, I adore this movie. I named my cat after this movie, oh. and I love the animation of this movie. It yeah. is because of that, though, that I would like to continue living in the world of Kiki's Delivery Service. So. Uh, I know that Miyazaki movies... Oh my gosh, she just she just rolled over to like... Yeah. She's like, I heard my name. <laughs> um, Miyazaki movies are for their animation. It's for how stunning yeah. they are, and it's because of the style specifically, not just the animation, but the way his worlds look. So I think it'd be cool to see worlds like that but in live action you know kind of these beautiful yeah pastels or uh, everything simplified and i think it would make a netflix show a good mm. netflix show mm. uh so long as they don't whitewash it like they did death note oh, which yeah. i didn't even watch because boo yeah. um but i just i love kiki's delivery service and i, I love it for its animation so mm-hmm. don't get mad at me for saying that you know that's it- wrong to do to a, to a ghibli film <laughs> and if they could get a good trained cat and not a Sabrina Salem looking scary fake ass cat. Oh. That'd be cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's the next question. What voice acting performance for an animated character did not fit that character? So if you're watching the movie, an animated film, and the character's voice comes out and you're like, mm, that's not really <laughs> what I imagined. Yeah. Here's my answer. Elsa from Frozen. That's my answer. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, like, really off. Yes. You know? her, her, her singing voice, duh, perfect. Her speaking voice, it doesn't fit huh. even, kind of. Yeah. I, I couldn't get over it the first time I watched it. I remember mm-hmm. watching it, like, around Christmas time in Florida with a bunch of friends, and I was so excited. And the movie is fantastic. But I was couldn't get past Idina Menzel's voice. Oh, that's funny. I just don't think it fits. It doesn't fit. Yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. I just, like, gave into it really easily. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I get that. Cause she, and she has a very unique, very yeah. womanly, very kind of... It's nasally. Exactly. They nasally. also... Yeah, they had a big problem in animating that movie. Like, Disney just has... They don't know how to animate women's faces. Oh, yeah. No, and it's so all the same. And so to have her face look exactly like Anna's, who's bubbly Kristen Bell, which fits perfectly, right. and then have this, like, stoic, nasally, really, like, composed, like, old woman, <laughs> pretty yeah. much, doing it with the same face, it just was like, that's weird. I yeah, know. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you agree with me. It's, it's, it's just so... They're just it's so off-putting. different. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't. It's a little uncanny valley. I'm like, you it makes look me feel right, uneasy. But... Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's yours. Um, so mine is cheating because I haven't seen this movie, but the first thing that I thought of, and this isn't my answer, but the first thing that I thought of was how much all of us didn't like Ryan Reynolds' voice being Pikachu. Oh. Mm. So then, as I was scouring the internet for an answer, I came across Kevin Hart and the Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, it's awful. And first of all, Kevin Hart drives me nuts. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the Oscars or his tweets or anything like that. I just think he's fucking annoying. <laughs> and I already find him irritating, and the fact that he's playing a cute little bunny and that that's the shtick is that he has Kevin Hart's voice. I don't need that in my life, and that's why I haven't seen it. And I also <laughs> all the answers are things I haven't seen. And also, don't need that for Pikachu, which no. I also didn't no. see. 
Uh, so since Kimmy took my answer, um, and <laughs> I'm fine with it, I don't really need to go into depth about why I don't like it, um, I instead would like to recommend a YouTube video uh, done by Lindsay Ellis, who I'm sure so many of you listeners have heard of and know and love. Uh, she is a pretty much a film essayist on YouTube, and so she compiles these awesome, well-researched, well-put-together clips of everything, too. And this one, I think, just really hits the nail on the head with this question. The title of the video is called How Aladdin Changed Animation, parentheses, by screwing over Robin Williams. Mm. And really it's because Aladdin was the first time that animation studios decided to bring in a star Mm. to then market their entire movie around, it's the star you love, it's Robin Williams! And it opens with an excellent montage of, it's gotten really gross to be like, Shark Tale! Will Smith, Renee Zellweger, Angelina Jolie, and then it like smash cuts to the next one where it's like, sing, Scarlett Johansson, Reese Witherspoon, Jason Sudeikis, and just all these, there's just so many movies that are inundated with celebrities that kids don't care. Right. Kids don't care that Jason Sudeikis is in Angry Birds, and so it's kind of like, who is this being made for? And a lot of the times I don't think people fit. Kevin Hart does not fit in that. Um, So yeah, I just would like to recommend that all right, should we get into this? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, guys. Titan AE, first animated film of the podcast. Which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. What are your predictions for this film? All right, the trailer said, Earth is no longer. Now there's all these dudes. The whole movie to me just looked like space fighting and space travel and spaceships. To find also, a planet. Also, there's a magic ring. That's all I got from the trailer. Yeah, the trailer oh. is basically just a music video to um, Creed music, so. Which I thought was funny. And it also, was funny. And also, I do like that it was like, Earth is no more, and it's like, okay, I get it, like, Earth blew up, and then it said, humans are homeless. <laughs> yeah. Like, were they not on Earth when it blew up? It shows up? them, like, flying into space without a, without a home. Maybe that's how, like... <laughs> also, it didn't look like they were ever wearing spacesuits, so they can just breathe in space. Yeah. Dope. What I know of this movie is that um, I was really excited to find it was a Don Bluth movie. Mm-hmm. I love Don Bluth movies. Like Anastasia. Oh, and All Dogs Go to Heaven. And The Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. And this looks like Don Bluth got a bigger budget. And so he said, I'll draw half of it, but the rest is going to be 1999 circa CGI. And yeah, so there's like these really gross looking like... Asteroids it projecting was really, through space, yeah, but it was, also it's drawn figures. It did yeah. look strangely like some of it was really 3D and some of it was really 2D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which looked hideous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Don Bluth also has been cursed with only being able to draw one male face. Well, actually, that's so funny because I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So, great. so the man looks exactly like Dimitri yep. from Anastasia. He looks like as well Dimitri. As the guy from Thumbelina, as well that's as so literally funny. every other man Don Bluth has drawn. With the, like, long hair tendrils yeah, yeah. in the front. Yeah, the yeah. 90s, like, dripping down hair and, like, a slightly <laughs> crooked nose. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go yes. ahead and say that this movie's probably not gonna have many twists and turns. I think that this blonde dude is gonna try to... You said he's trying to get to some planet because they need a home. Mm-hmm. He's got this magic ring. People are probably going to try to take this magic ring. I don't know what it does, but it lit up his hand, so cool. I said it was an tiny, a tiny infinity gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's as powerful as that. I'm going to say that it 
has hidden powers that he doesn't know how to unleash, but the bad guys do. I feel like you put it on and it projects a map of where to go, kind of like in Treasure Planet. <laughs> oh, that's Planet. so lame. <laughs> I hope it's better than that. <laughs> what do you want it to do? It's just a ring. <laughs> I want it to give him powers. Or like, I don't know, he gets to the planet finally and it's like, I have to take this to the something stone, and then it, like, fits perfectly in the stone, yeah. and then the whole planet has resources or I something. I can see that. Wow. It said there were aliens in it. It did. And I'm wondering if they were, like, machine aliens. They looked kind of just like, uh... They kind of look like, like, triangles glowy. flying around. Yeah. And... Like energy. There was a girl with purple hair. Mm-hmm. Love interest. Love interest. Um, but she's from space. And he's from Earth. I think it's going to be a sassy <laughs> relationship, like Peter Quill and... Uh, Gamora. Yeah. Yeah. A sassy relationship. Yeah. I think she's going to be super tough, and he's like, nobody's <laughs> tougher than me, and then she just, like, eats her own spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then she goes, oh yeah, I've ever eaten a spaceship? <laughs> and then he eats the power ring and explodes from the inside. Cut to the credits. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I feel like her dad's gonna be involved in some way, or like oh. the captain of her ship, or like her her, <laughs> her alien, other the alien was her dad all along. Yeah, or like her <laughs> other love interest, and they're gonna be like Shamora. No, Shamora. <laughs> it's like Peter Tendril. No, Count Gamora. Like, yeah, Shamora, get back to your planet. <laughs> My name is Vanos. Vanos. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they meet a quirky space creature that's adorable yes. and has to come with them on the journey. Yes, named Toot. Instead of Groot. <laughs> <laughs> and all it does is fart its powers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it says, I'm Toot. He <laughs> just likes to like Toot, Toot. Like, oh. Toot, Toot. <laughs> okay. This movie is already more it? interesting. <laughs> Okay, give us a percentage of how accurate. <laughs> you guys are like really close. <laughs> to be honest, I mean you're 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 screwy on a couple of things, but like generally, like in the right direction. You're screwy. You know? oh, great. Uh, okay, uh, I guess I'll start. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready for this galactic adventure? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it goes Titan A. Oh, also Titan A is the name of the ship. Mm. What do you think Titan A is named after? <laughs> what uh, the new planet is going to be called. Fuck, I changed my answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's 3028. Uh, humans uh, have accomplished deep travel, in deep space travel. Deep <laughs> travel? I was like, into like the ocean? Travel? <laughs> deep, spa- deep space travel. And... <laughs> They, uh, like, come into contact with a lot of other alien species, and they've kind of, like, integrated their species together, so there's aliens on Earth, and they, like, all speak English, and they talk to each other and stuff. And do they look humanoid? No, they're, like, they they look, like, combined with animals for the most part. Oh. So, the first alien that we see is named Tech, and he's friends with the main character's father, and he looks kind of like, like, a beak kind of, like, amphibious-like man. Okay. Interesting. Okay? Um, the humans, they've created an in, an invention called Project Titan, and it's alarming this other alien species called the Dredge, and they're a pure energy-based alien species. 
Okay. Okay? That's not the same species that lives on Earth. No, there's there's multiple species that live on Earth, but the dredge does oh. not like humankind, so oh, they're no. they're far away from bad aliens. Yeah, we come up on Kale. Kale. <laughs> Kale is his name. Yeah, with a C though. And Kale uh, is probably looks like he could be ten. He's playing by the river with um, a little floating robot toy yes. that he helped to build. Um, it's floating around, um, he's chasing it down the river because it gets caught in the river, and he's chasing after it, and finally he reaches his dad, Tucker, and he pulls the robot toy out of the river. But suddenly, the winds start blowing, and everyone's looking up to the sky and running around. The dredge are here. They're coming to eliminate life on Earth. Tucker, who is, that's, uh, Kale's dad. Yeah. Um, rushes Kale over, he, it, it turns out that Tucker is part of a big military project, and he's like the head producer of Project Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, they're running around, it's clear that everybody's evacuating Earth. Tucker gives Kale... And they all just, like, have spaceships, like how we have mm-hmm. cars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And they're, like, they're just, like, at their disposal. It's, it's 3028, Because so. if you were, like, Kayleen, evacuate Earth, I'd be like... Yeah. I will <laughs> launch myself into the sea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, it, it maybe they don't get into... The problem with this movie is that everything's pretty thin. So there's a lot that you have to assume. I guess that makes sense. It, it's pretty short, right? Yeah. And it's a kid's movie. They're not really interested in no. hard sci-fi. So I would assume that they're making Project Titan because, you know, resources on Earth are dwindling and that that's their plan to help humankind. And a lot of Earth looks really militarized, so mm-hmm. it's they're already kind of ready for evacuation. Mm. It's a big rush of chaos. In all the chaos, Tucker gives Kale over to his alien friend Tech and says, Take him, I gotta go. And Kale's like, No, Dad, I can't leave you. And Tucker gives Kale a ring. Ooh. And he says, As long as you wear this, there's hope. He says, Okay. And then Tech takes Kale away. And Kale says, no, not okay. Actually, it's not okay. (laughs) And Tucker says, I'll always be with you. And they take Kale into the ship. He's looking out of the spaceship's window as his dad gets in a different one. And everybody leaves the atmosphere just in time for the dredge to blow up Earth, not before Tucker can get away. So Tucker dies. Don Bluth loves orphaning children. Yeah. (laughs) Kale has to watch his home planet explode. All the debris from the planet ruptures into deep space. Asteroids from Earth's crust knock into the moon, which breaks open like an egg. Oh. (laughs) Is there cheese inside? The moon is hollow. No. It just looks like one of those, like... Like kinder eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's the fate of Earth. Fifteen years pass. Um, everybody who left Earth, they're now nomads, and they're inhabiting space as these drifter colonies, so they don't have a home. They're always in ships. If they want to leave the ship, they have to be in spacesuits. They live on the ships in deep space. Yeah, Kayla's now most likely 19 years old. Yeah, he looks like blonde version of Dimitri from Anime and <laughs> Anastasia. Like, yes. right away, I'm like, oh, that's that's who it is. Which is, here's a fun fact. Don Bluth, like, hired, like, a, uh, <laughs> like a focus group of women to design the hottest man. 
Really? <laughs> and they came up with Dimitri. Oh, because, that's like, funny. The, the, the Dimitri he had designed, it wasn't, like, enough, and so they kind of made his hair scruffier, and they gave him that crooked nose, because they were like, that looks more dangerous, that looks more mysterious. And so that's why he's been using that same face ever since. Hottest man. He's the perfect man. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Any guesses as to who voices Kale? I am not going to guess because I accidentally saw the list. Oh, you already know? Oh. Is it someone we know? Yep. Like, super Super famous. famous. Yeah, he's super famous. Brad Pitt? Mm, close. Close. George Clooney? No. You're getting colder. Oh. <laughs> Tom Cruise? Nope. You're, like, generally around the, like, the right area. <laughs> right? Like, like, hot action white star male. guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Um. Do you want a hint? This actor currently is already in a lot of space movies. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Ding, ding, ding. It's Matt Damon. <laughs> nice. Matt Damon voices Kale. And, um... Is it uh, bad? What? Is it bad? That's not the one that I'm too uh, upset about. I'm sure you're upset about the girl, then. Yes. Oh, but I'm you excited already, for you, her to... Yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, you know, I would have oh, loved to play this guessing game. <laughs> but it'll be fun to help Kaylee figure out that one. <laughs> yes. Kale is a rebellious guy. He doesn't play by the rules. He's half-assing his job, which Typical. looks a lot like ship Typical. repair. Typical. Or, <laughs> you know, like junkyard, like salvaging in space or so something. So he's Ray from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in space. Like, they're in space. So's Ray. <laughs> but she's on land a lot. Yeah, he's on a planet. Okay. <laughs> um... He rides his space bike recklessly around. They have space bikes? That sounds really fun. Yeah. Do they look like jet skis? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind really? of, but but more bike-like. Yeah, like, cool. um, he's an outsider. Everybody kind of picks on him because he's a, you know, outsider. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while big. he's moving, you know, spaceship parts and stuff, he's knocked off his bike and he flies into the dashboard of a windshield of another spaceship and he sees through the windshield the beautiful girl who looks like Ramona Flowers oh. from Scott Pilgrim vs. Gotcha. the World. He realizes he needs to get back in line to um, punch his card or whatever and he bumps some other aliens out of the way so that he can get in line and kind of swindle his way through to make his hourly requirements, ah. okay? He gets on the ship and he stops to have lunch with Tech, who is now much, much older. He's blind. He's Aww. very much been the person who raised him all these years. But he's really, really old and kind of on his last legs. On his way through the ship, Kale is stopped by these two way bigger alien guys. Um, that They're the ones who he bumped out of the way um, mm. at the beginning. And they say, hey... Kale, we don't like your attitude. We're trying to fix that. And they fight. And they beat each other up. And Kale is rescued by someone. Um, some guy. A human. He says, uh, I've helped you, so next is I want you to abandon everything you know and come with me on an adventure. <laughs> Typical <laughs> Join trade. Join me on my quest. And he says, I don't even know you. And I, I don't need your help. Kale runs to find Tech, only to find out that Tech's kind of been planning to give Kale to this guy all along. It's clear that they're buddies, and we find out that this guy's name is Corso, Joseph Corso, and he was a friend of Kale's father while he was working on the Titan Project. He says, give me that ring, and he gives the ring over, he goes boop, 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 touches a few things in it, 
and um, shows Kale that his father actually encrypted a map inside the room. Ah, Courtney! Good job. <laughs> it's going to lead them to Titan because Titan was lost in the um, evacuation. Point Kayleen. <laughs> he goes, that's why I've been looking for you for 15 years. I need your help. Humanity depends on you finding it. Just then, Dredge come aboard the ship. And they want Kale, obviously, because they're looking for his ring. As you guys said, the Dredge look so bad, you guys. They're blue. They're glowy. They look like Bionicles. Yeah. You remember Bion- yeah. Bionicles? Bionicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look like that. Beyond the clays. <laughs> um, and they're, they've located Kale. They're going to shoot him, whatever, I don't know. Corso and Kale try to escape through the kitchen and through the air vents so that they can get to some escape ships. Um, they, they grab an escape pod and they narrowly escape, um, except for Kale gets grazed by a laser bullet <gasps> on his arm and his thigh. And um, something that I noticed about this film is that there's kind of, like, a lot of blood for a kid's movie. Like, they show, like, a big blood splatter, like, come out Mm. of his arm. And I'm like, oh, it's, like, slightly graphic. And it happens, like, more than this time, like, later on in the film. Hmm. So. They use the ship to bust through the side of their ship. And, oh, I forgot to mention... Tex said, go without me, I'm too old. Um, You have to save humanity and kind of sacrifices himself to let Kale get away. Um, He's done now too? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They bust through the side of the ship. Their windshield is, you know, going to crack in outer space. So they use a fire extinguisher to propel them through space and onto their other ship. And Kale is knocked unconscious once they get inside. Kale wakes up. And there's a song playing, and the lyrics are, Come back down to earth. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, it's like, this happens, like, a lot in the movie. Like, the songs are really pointed. It oh, feels my. like the You Are My Rose song from the room, <laughs> you know? I really want there to be a cool space band, like, in Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Oh. <laughs> Protozoa? Yeah. <laughs> exactly like that. Um, he's, like, in a hospital kind of, like, room. And the Ramona Flowers chick is kind of helping him out. And this bat-looking alien guy standing on two legs. And the girl's name is Akima. And the bat guy... (laughs) (laughs) The bat-looking guy is named Pre. And he wears a wife beater, and he's like... He's a bat that wears a wife beater? <laughs> yeah, like... Wow. They, they, all, everybody wants on two legs. I like, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hate it. <laughs> I didn't he, know I wanted a bat that wears Creed, a wife beater, but I like do. He's like a fruit bat-looking alien. He's the first mate on the ship. Here is time to guess who voices Akima. Well, she famous in the 90s. Big time. Mm-hmm. Is she famous now? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Angelina Jolie. No. Uh, uh, she more. was really famous as a child. Drew Barrymore. Wow, you got that really ah! fast. <laughs> yeah, it's Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Is this bad? It's bad, yeah. Okay. Her oh, voice does no. not work for the character at all. That's a bummer. Um, and Preed is, uh, voiced by Nathan Lane. Can you guys imagine Nathan Lane wearing a wife beater? Because I can't. <laughs> okay, so Kale is completely naked. 
What? <laughs> butts? They actually show some cartoon butts. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, hold still or you'll lose something really important. <laughs> Hand me the probe. <laughs> no. <Yes>. No. <coughs> and he goes, what? What probe? And um, Was she kidding? Uh, yeah, she was kidding. That's funny. Um, <laughs> the back, they're kind of flirting. She's telling him that he's on the Valkyrie ship and that she's the pilot. She's the pilot for Corso, and they're they're gonna help him on his journey. And they're flirting a little bit. And Preed says, "Break it up. This is the Valkyrie, not a singles bar." <laughs> no. Um, on the way to the navigation, they um. Um, they're on their way to navigation to go talk to Corso some more. We meet our next gang character, who is named Stiff. T-H at the end of that? Yeah. Stiff. Mm-hmm. And she is voiced by Janine Garofalo. Oh. And uh, she's like a kangaroo-like oh my gosh. <laughs> alien. Oh. She has like huge feet. She's very angry. She's kind of like has a temper... And she's like the brawn of the ship, and yeah, the munitions officer on the Valkyrie. This is so Rick and Morty sounding. Yeah, that's so many different animals. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have one more coming up actually. Then we meet Goon, who is my favorite on the ship character. He's like a little turtle. Oh, guy, not Aww. that far from Toot, but like a <laughs> yeah. That's who I was thinking of when you were talking about Toot. His name is Goon. He's like some also kind Goon, of turtle. Not that far from Groot. Not that far from Groot. <laughs> He's voiced by John Leguizamo. Oh, which is awesome. He does an awesome job. Goon helps them find the next planet that they need to go to to help translate the map. They arrive on the planet. It looks like a planet that's created by Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. It's red. It's mostly water. There's these ball sack looking things oh. that are floating all over it. And they go, P.U., what is that smell? And he says, it's the hydrogen. They're hydrogen trees. If mm. you bump into one of them, they'll explode. If that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. They get to, like, a small island on the on the planet. They're looking for the ghoul. And they're like, where's the ghoul? We need to find him. And then suddenly, like, this big horde of bat creatures, they don't look like Preed. They look way more baddie. They have wings. They come, and they look really evil. And they come on the island, and they surround the group, and everybody's got their guns ready. And Akima says, wait, I think they are the ghoul, like, as a species. Mm. And then the head ghoul steps forward. His wings look kind of like a cape. Uh, Kale kind of steps forward to try and communicate with the head ghoul. And the ghoul... Tells Kale, he just kind of like does some interpretive dance and faces the moon and he's like wiping his hand across the sky. And he, and Kale says, uh, yeah, that's the moon. The moon. And the ghoul look at him pathetically and it's like reaches farther out to the moon. And Kale kind of gets it that he's supposed to put the ring hand up to the moon. Mm-hmm. And when the moonlight shines through his hand, there's a map on the back of his palm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a which, tiny map. Yeah. So it's going to point the way to Titan. Just then, dredge show up, of course. Those uh, stinky dredge. They're always there. Mm-hmm. 
and they shoot at them, and the and group... they pop all the ball sacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the group tries to escape with the help of the ghoul bat creatures. Uh, they kind of pick them up with their talons, and they're flying them around. It's a big chase, mm. and the their, the dredge pods are, like, jump, bumping into the hydrogen trees and oh. blowing up. Um, they try to escape, but Akima and Kale are beamed up into one of the dredge ships. <gasps> Scary. Which is pretty early in the film. Right? To be week. taken hostage? Mm-hmm. Um, Corso and the gang try and lock a course to rescue them because they have, like, a tracker on Akima so they can figure out where they're headed. Kale and Akima, they kind of have a little heart-to-heart while they're being held captive. Akima says, they're going to use you, Kale, to get to Titan. And Kale says, what's so important about Titan anyway? It doesn't really matter, as we know. He's kind of a rebellious. He doesn't really care about the human race. And Akima says, it means hope for all the drifter colonies that they can rebuild the human race. And Kale says, well, what did we do to the dredge anyway? Which is a really good question. Yeah. And Akima says, oh, well, it's not really about what we did. It's about what they're afraid of us becoming. Which doesn't really answer the question. I don't really know why the dredge are after the humans. Maybe the so dredge bad. are heptapods and they can see into the future and Whoa. see what the humans are going to become. I was going to say, it sounds like the dredge are acting on a thought crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. We think that these humans are going to yeah. be bad news. Let's just get rid of them. The dredge pod arrives at the ship's headquarters, which, which looks like it's also blue in that weird kind of animation. And it looks like Sauron's head, you know, like the the Witch King's head, the helmet that comes off at the end. And they're immediately ripped away from each other. And Akima is strapped to this like board and the dredge electrocute Kale in like this beam that they like beam him up in. And they use their energy force to open his hand and project the map out for their own usage. And they copy, they make a copy of the map. And once they have all the information they need, they drop Kale out of the beam, and um, he's face-to-face with the head Dredge, which is just like a bigger bionicle. Okay. (laughs) And the Dredge says, chart our course to that nebula. Imprison the boy. Jettison the girl. And he says, Akima! Which they shout each other's names, like, so much in this movie. like Titanic level? Yeah. (laughs) Akima! Kale! Like, it's like all the fucking time. You're so stupid, Rose. (laughs) You're so stupid, Akima. They put Akima in... (laughs) Can you imagine if Titanic's characters were named Kale and Akima? (laughs) (laughs) Kale! Kale! I like it. I like it. I want it. (laughs) So they put Akima in this little pod and shoot her out of the ship aimlessly, like, out into deep space. And Kale, they they throw him in another cell, and he kind of has a little tantrum in a cell, and he kind of, like, hits all the walls, and he's, like, grabbing his head in angst. It's, like, really dumb. Okay. <laughs> so Corso and the gang, they track Akima to Soros, which is a trading post ship. They sneak their way on board wearing bedsheets as hoods. <laughs> they swindle the, the, the guard... I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) They find where she's being um, held, only to 
find that she's already beaten her captors to unconsciousness, and she's just waiting for them to arrive. Dope. Of course. Yeah. She's a Charlie's Angel. Of course she did. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, Kale escapes his cell, too, and he sees the head dredge giving orders to all of his soldiers, prepare to destroy Titan, eliminate the human race. Very clear, very, like, specific instructions. I mean, they're not doing a very good job if they've got, like, a man and a woman that close together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just all they need is some mood music. They should get some Creed up I in here. I, I hope that the other power of his ring is that it can only play the song higher by Creed. <laughs> like accidentally pushes it. And yeah, you can't. Oh, like, sorry, sorry. Oops. Or like when the when they were trying to get the map from him, they press it and it just starts playing that as like a defense. <laughs> like, it's like I've tried to download other songs. I'm sorry. This is all that's all on summer playlist. It's, it's like, like a hiccups version. <laughs> it's like a hiccups. It also will fit on this tiny ring. He's like this downloaded by itself, like that U2 album. It's like I didn't do it. <laughs> he makes them, they're from the future. That reference is actually from the past. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, remember? It was like 2014. <laughs> songs of Innocence. Anybody? It's not like an ancient art that. It really, <laughs> you much really like appreciate the minions. it. Much like the relics. <laughs> <laughs> I hope archaeologists archaeologists only find on our planet an iPhone with the socks of innocence on it. It clips in some minions. That's why the dredge killed us. <laughs> Their planet was overrun with hit clips. They're drowning in hit clips. I don't remember what I said last. <laughs> Kale <laughs> escapes his cell and he sees... Okay, okay. Eliminate yeah, the they're going to eliminate the humans. Uh, Kale finds a dread ship that he can use to escape. The gang almost kills him because they mistake him for a dredge. Mm-hmm. He's in one of their ships. But then they realize it's him. Gotcha. Uh, so they like shoot at him and everything? Yeah. yeah. Idiots! Yes. They finally let him into the cargo bay. Um, it looks like, for a second... Kale and Hima are gonna, you know, get a little intimate or something. You know, they're happy that they're both alive, but um, Corso interrupts. He brings Kale to Goon to interpret the Titan's location, and the map has changed now since the um, Dredge got their hands on it, and it's now showing the Titan's final location, so they know where to go. There's this really long scene after that where Corso lets Kale drive the ship while it's trailed by these, like, stingray-looking aliens that oh kind of, like, cling to the ship and follow after it like a pack of dolphins, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all back to this rock song where the yes. lyrics are, It's my time to fly. Oh like, gosh, I'm serious. Yes. That's the fucking lyrics. And I, I think this is about the halfway point of the movie. Wow. I think that they're going to get to Titan and his dad been there all along. Hmm. Aww. I hope. That would be nice. I hope that Akima and Kale get to be together and they're gonna like rule Titan as the power couple that they are. They're gonna have cute little strong-minded babies. Love Creed. And <laughs> I hope that the turtle gets to be the right-hand man. I hope they kill all the dredge. But I hope there are some nice dredge that don't believe in the Dredge's ways, and that they join on Titan, and they all form a nice, mixed community of aliens and humans and Dredge aliens. I think they're gonna make it to Titan, and the humans on Titan will, like, 
rally their forces to uh, kill the incoming dredge. Kind of like Star Wars style. Get up in there. You gotta shoot this one tiny spot on them and all the dredge will disappear. <laughs> and then I think Kale and Akima mm-hmm. are going to arrive on Titan. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna smooch or something. They're gonna probably be in love. But I also think he's gonna have a change of heart and he's gonna wanna go back into space to get more humans to Titan. Like he's gonna go mm. traveling the galaxy to to save the human race and bring them to Titan now that they know it's Nuts. a real place. Also, <laughs> Titan sounds a lot like the Great Valley from Land Before Time. <laughs> Isn't that one of his movies, too? Yes. Yeah. Somebody's gonna die. My guess is Nathan Lane. I feel like it's gonna be one of the other ones who's less important. It's only Nathan Lane, Stith, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna be Stith. Goon. I think it's gonna be Stith, because I don't remember anything about him. It's a lady. <laughs> she's a girl. Oh, I don't remember anything about her. <laughs> I think she's gonna be, she's gonna be, uh, oh, maybe she'll, she'll be the one to take down the, the massive... She'll sacrifice herself. Yes. She'll take down a whole bunch of dredge. And it'll be, like, a real power move. And she'll just be like, let's go, lesbians, let's go! <laughs> Come on, lesbians! She'll be saying that to a whole bunch of, of women on Titan who, like, they're ready. Also, it's called the Valkyrie, so, like, yeah. she's a Valkyrie. Okay, guys. It's about to get strange. Ooh. Love it. Akima and Kale are eavesdropping on Corso, who's actually communicating with the dread ship. Dang it, I meant to predict that he's a bad guy. Oh, damn. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. No, I really meant to. I was like, I got a bad feeling about Corso. <laughs> now I sound like I'm lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> he's Dude, been Timmy, in cahoots. Dude, Timmy, don't you yeah. think Courtney's lying? <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> I knew he was a baddie. Yeah. He's been in cahoots with the dredge all along. They try to leave without being noticed, but Preed catches them and has them at gunpoint. Hell yeah. Because he's in on it, too. Oh, oh man. Oh. oh. Kale says, you lied. All of that was a lie. Corso says, you're just like the rest of them who can't see the truth. And Kale says, what's that? And he says, that the human race is circling the drain. And the only thing to do is grab what you can before someone else takes it from you. And Kale says, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> Is it really dramatic? Yes, and Corso says, then you're even more like your father than I thought. A fool. And Kale bites him. Yeah. They fight. Weren't they just being held at gunpoint? (laughs) Why doesn't somebody shoot him? Because he, like, rushed him. He rushed him. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) We're asking all the questions. He doesn't play by the rules. (laughs) Um, They fight. Akima and Kale try to escape, and as they're running... The, the uh, ship that they've docked on is one of the um, drifter colonies, and it's called um, New Bangkok. And uh, when they're trying to get through the, the docking tunnel to get to the ship, Preed shoots his laser gun at Akima, and the laser goes straight through her arm. There's, like, a lot of blood. She'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Akima. It's a flesh wound. <laughs> when Corso and Preed return to the brig, it's clear that Goon and uh, Stith don't know about Corso's deception. Oh, no. The people of New Bangkok nurse Akima to health. They say, she just needs to rest. She's literally back to health from a gunshot wound in a few hours. <laughs> she says, how long was I out? She goes, no, a few hours. I'm not oh, sure wow, that, I can't believe I was out for that long. I'm not sure that rest directly correlates to healing gunshot wounds, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> <laughs> 
while she was resting, he kind of meets some of the locals of New Bangkok, and some of them are playing soccer, and they show him, like, a trading card of his father, who was a very famous soccer player on Earth, and how they just, like, hope that they can, you know, fulfill his dreams, you know, on a new world or something like that. It kind of gives Kale the feels a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more to the human race than being abandoned by your dads. Oh, like women's soccer. <laughs> Go Team USA. Kale tells Akima that they're going to stop Corso and they're going to save Titan and they're going to get, get there on that ship, which is a, just a piece of junk. Oh. And he says, I'm going to fix it. And the people of New Bangkok help Kale and Akima restore the old ship for them to use. And um, that's all backed to a rock song where yes. the lyrics are, I've got to get away from here. <laughs> Gotta get on this crappy ship. Gonna fix my ship, maybe with a wrench. <laughs> give me the wrench, give me the wrench, give me the wrench, <laughs> give me the wrench. You gave me the wrench, I gave you the wrench. Scratch <laughs> my ship! <laughs> <laughs> we harmonize. <laughs> um, That's beautiful. Then they lift off, and all the people of New Bangkok applaud their feet. <laughs> And Encore! Yes, they're on their way. So now we're at the Andali Nebula um, in the ice rings of Tigran. Oh, which is very <laughs> <laughs> Which is where the final location of Titan is supposed to be near. Mm. Um, somewhere in that nebula. Corso's ship is being slowed down by all these ice asteroid collisions that are going around, around in, the, in the ice rings. Kale and Akima's ship catches up to them... And Corso decides to follow them silently and beats Goon away from the controls so that he can steer the ship. Aww. Uh, Goon didn't do anything. Yeah. They aren't sneaky enough, though, because Akima says, oh, That's this ship. They're following us. Good job, Akima. <laughs> Kale and Akima try to lose them in the cluster of ice asteroids, and they just escape being crushed themselves. It's a very treacherous situation. And the reflections and all the ice kind of makes it hard for Corso to figure out which ship is the real oh. ship. And they lose him. Kale and Akima, they finally make it to Titan. And they dock their ship. They say, wow, have we ever seen anything like it? No, it's amazing. What's it look like? It's a big... It looks a lot like the Death Star. <laughs> oh. But oh. it's gold. It's a big, like, circular ship. Oh. When they get there, there's nobody there. <gasps> it's empty. Except for his dad. No, except for the two of them. They're going to repopulate. Hell yeah. They also find that little piece of robot toy that he was playing with as a kid. Hmm. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He touches it and he goes, Dad? And um, Kale takes off his ring and puts it on the operating system at the front of the (gasps) ship. And it lights up the whole (gasps) Titan ship. Point Kale. Yes! (laughs) Yes. Um... I like that we were both completely right about what the ring does. <laughs> yeah. It's totally going to play a Creed song later. <laughs> um, Corso gets to Titan and leaves Goon and um, Stiff on the ship. As they're walking away, Corso says to Preed, we need to get rid of those two. And Preed says, already taken care of. And as Stiff and Goon are walking back to the ship, she has like a walkie-talkie bracelet on her wrist, and it's Corso. He says, hey, Stit, one more thing. Is Goon next to you? And she says, oh, yeah, he is. And he says, 
tell him goodbye for me. And it starts beeping like it's going to detonate. <gasps> and Goon rips it off of her arm and runs away with it. <gasps> no, Goon! Sacrificing Goon! himself. No! Sacrifices himself, you guys. Is it really cute and sad? Well, they the, all the uh, all the dust clears and Stith is looking for Goon. He's piled underneath all of this debris, and she lifts it up because she can hear his whimpering. <gasps> and she says, "Goon, are you okay?" And he says, "I just need a nap because I'm so <laughs> sleepy." Oh my gosh! And dies. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, guys. Boo! Did you cry? No. <laughs> um, Kale and Akima, they find an old transmission from his father telling him that he's dead. <laughs> he's really dead, In case you thought I was alive, I'm super dead. <laughs> he says, like, if you're hearing this transmission, then that means I'm dead. You know, I'm sorry. Gotcha! I'm right behind you. <laughs> right? <laughs> he says Titan has the power to create a brand new Earth. But all the energy drained when they made the um, escape from regular Earth. Mm. Um, it's up to you, son, to restore its energy. And the steps are really simple. But the transmission is interrupted by Corso. Corso's no! here. He shoots at them. He says, you can't beat the dredge. No one can. They're pure energy. Face it, kid. You've lost. And Preed says, actually, you have. And he's got the gun up against Corso. A double-double agent. <laughs> Preed reveals that he plans to backstab the captain and that he made a deal with the Dredge to kill them all oh and let him live. I know right? there's a triple agent. They fight. Nobody cares about guns. They, they fist fight. <laughs> Everyone has guns. No one uses guns. In the uh, all the chaos, Corso grabs hold of Preed and snaps his neck, you guys. Oh, like to death? Yeah, he's a, what? to death. What? Everyone's died. <laughs> That's strange. <laughs> Cut off and now this because Kiki literally ripped the mic wire from my laptop. She was really pissed that Preed's neck got snapped. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> she trotted away after yanking it out. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, sad. <laughs> yeah, bummer. Um, Corso left and right. Corso and Kale fight each other for the ring. Oh, actually, can you hold on? Yeah. We predicted that only Stiss would die, and now she's the only one. I left. know. <laughs> That's true. All right, go ahead. Corso, uh, Kale and Corso fight each other for the ring. Corso is thrown off the side of um just this part of the ship. It's like a balcony. Yeah, so Star Wars. And. Kale tries to save him from falling, but he slips through his grasp and um, falls down, like, through the bottom of the ship. Uh, Corso actually grabs onto some wiring to save himself, but Kale thinks that he's dead. Yeah. The dredge arrive! Dun-dun-dun-dun! They arrive. They're really near. They're, they haven't arrived. Okay. They're just, like, really near. <laughs> Kale plans to um, recircuit the system to use dredge energy to reboot the reactor. He says, Akima... Dredge are just pure energy. Remember what Corso said? We can use their energy to reboot the ship. Yeah. So he boop, 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 does all the stuff that he needs to do, but there's like one thing on the outside of the ship that needs fixing. Of course. Of course. Stith and Akima, they use their guns to fend off the dredge, um, but all their guns are taken out by the dredge soldiers, and it looks like all the hope is lost, but suddenly from the side... 
there's another ship shooting at all of the dredge, and it's Goon. He Goon! wasn't actually dead. He just needed a nap. That's exactly he what he says. Needed... He says, I finished my nap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he helps so defend So is he, like, invincible them. so long as he gets rest? No, he, I guess. <laughs> Let him rest. He helps defend the Titan while Kale finishes up what he has to do. Corso appears outside with Kale. They're both in spacesuits. Corso, it seems, has had a change of heart since Kale tried to save him from his death. Lies! And he said, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I don't believe him. <laughs> He's going to stab him. Maybe we can beat them after all, he says. I'll cover you. And all the judge pods um, return to the mothership because um, they're preparing to fire on Titan. And um, Corso forces Kale away to return to the ship so he can fix the error and sacrifice himself. Um, go! It's better this way, oh, okay. he says. <laughs> Kale agrees, I guess. <laughs> um, He's like, you're right, you suck. More dredge, fire, and injure Corso really bad. There's, like, a lot of blood here, like, wow. splashed up against the wow. fucking ship. Um, but he's gonna use his last last bit of strength to save them. Kale returns to the ship just in time to place the ring back in its place. And right then, the dredge shoot their energy at Titan, and the energy is converted over. Hell yeah. It mm. destroys the dredge oh. and powers the Titan to full capacity. Its energy creates, like, an, like an essentially, like, a big bang and makes a new Earth. Ooh. Kale and Akima are the first ones to set foot on the new planet. Yeah, it's they're raining. Pop, yelly. It's green and beautiful. The biblical parallels are real. Real. <laughs> he, she says, What are you going to call it? And Kale says, I think I'll call it. Name it after his death. I was going to say Tucker, but now I'm going to say Earth. Let's play a guessing game. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker Earth. What ah. do you think he's going to call the new Earth? Tucker Earth. Um, Tucker Earth. Uh, let's see. What he has been through, really the only person he's lost who he's loved is named Birdface. <laughs> Creed? No, the other one. Oh, Tech? Tex. Yeah. Oh. I guess Titan AE? He says, I think I'll call it Bob. <laughs> yes, I'm serious. That's a real line in this movie. Shit this on me. Movie was- Shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was written for kids. She says, you can't call it Bob. They're leaning into a kiss. And he says, well, you don't have to be on Bob. And she says, I'm never calling it that. Oh, I thought he was going to say, you can be on me about it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And then out in outer space, we see all the drifter colonies seeing their new planet and they're approaching for their new salvation. And at the bottom of the screen, it says New Earth AE 15, mm. Planet Bob. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like they really stuck with that? It's like a joke, but yeah. yeah it's a terrible joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the end of the movie, you guys. Yay, they did it. Yes. <laughs> Here's some fun facts. This movie was originally planned to be a live-action film. Oh. Is that where you got the idea? I I believe so. (laughs) Well, I feel like the graphics would have been crap, crap, crap. Yeah. 2000? Yeah, I guess I don't really know many sci-fi 2000 movies. Like, mostly just because it's all in space. That's a lot to handle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, like, spaceships flying around. I mean, Star Wars did it great. That's true. 
True. And, like, this is right around the time of the prequels. It would have looked like the prequels. Yeah. And it would have had a lot to compete with. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think yeah. it could have worked. They would have been like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> That's just a gold Death Star. <laughs> um, this movie bombed at the box office. No I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, it actually, um, like, put Century Fox... Oh, no. Uh, it, it, uh, 20th Century Fox closed its animation studios <laughs> after, um... That makes me so sad. After only two feature films, which was Anastasia. Oh. Yeah. Uh, one, the first one was Anastasia. Yeah. Uh, and then they, like, later on, they started getting into, like, animated films using 3D wow. computers. And they did, like, Ice Age and Robots. Gotcha. That makes me sad. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So that that's it, you guys. Sweet. Hope you liked it. I loved it. I loved being a part of it. I'm very excited to rate it. Yeah. <laughs> one, Three, two, two one. one. Oh. Is that a space cowboy that's you mean? Goon. That's okay, I drew goon. You drew goon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he has glasses? Yeah, he has glasses. I gave mine a hat. Oh, yours is just so, so, so faint. I like yeah. it. I drew stars on mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, your glasses are fainter than mine. Okay, so I gave it a three. I gave it a three. I gave it a 3.5. Cool. I'm surprised I was the nicest. <laughs> yeah, I almost gave it a four. But then I was like, it's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what was my, that was my thinking, too. I was like, I'm going to give it a three. Should okay. I give it a four? No, it's not that good. I picked a 3.5 because it is a kid's movie, so I wanted to be a little bit nicer to it than a, a two or a three, even though in adult ratings I would probably give it a two or a three. But it is for kids. I just think it wasn't my kid cup of tea. Like, it's not something I would have been into as a kid, and obviously if I'm not going to be into it as a kid, I'm not going to be into it as an adult, but I can see why other kids would like it. I gave it a three because I'm a huge fan of this director, loved Don Bluth, and I know what he's capable of, and looking at his <laughs> IMDb right now, this is pretty devastating. Uh, that was the last thing he did. Oh! <laughs> I think it broke him. <laughs> and, oh. and it was not good. Yikes. And just, you know, with, with things like... Gosh, guys, he's just so good. He's so good. Troll in Central Park, anyone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so good. But, and just so because of that, I'm like, Donnie boy, this is not your best work. And I think it's because big budgets can sometimes hurt directors. Um, And so can new technology, because really what he's known for is his style and everything, you know. It all just looks so good. But this is exciting news. He is going to be directing Dragon's Lair, the movie, coming out next year. Hmm. Interesting. So it's his return. Cool. That's pretty exciting. So I gave it a three because a lot of his other ones I would give a, a very, very high um, rating to. I gave it a three because, I don't know, I remember it obviously being way better when I was a kid. I watched this movie like so many times and it was actually fun because all the stuff that Goon does, I remembered like uh-huh. as it was happening. But I, I finished my nap. It was like something uh-huh. that my sister and I would just crack up about <laughs> oh, that's cute. when we watched it. Just think that the characters are really uh, hollow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that the plot itself is really hollow and pretty predictable. Uh, it is a kids movie, of course, but it I don't know. I think that we ex- expect a little bit more depth from our characters now, even if they are from kids movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids are so smart now, but you know, this was from 2000, so. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult, I don't like it as much. <laughs> Unfortunately, this makes me really sad. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. All 
right, so to close up this episode, what are you adding to your watch list and what do you recommend? So for my watch list, I would like to rewatch The Dark Crystal. Ooh. Uh, because I know that that Netflix one is coming out and yeah. the cast is like stacked. Yeah. And I think that kind of kind of goes in with, you know, the theme of today. You know? Totally. Um, and for my watch list, I, I'm sure that our listeners have seen it. If, they're, if they haven't, they are just uncultured. But um, I recommend The Iron Giant. It is mm. just like nice. one of the good ones, you guys. It's, you know, like Superman, like the fuck? <laughs> Why <laughs> would they put that in a kids movie? So <laughs> devastating. Um, it's great. So for my watch list, this is kind of random, but it's literally been on my Netflix watch list and just my watch list in my brain in general. Is in Bruges has been oh, on my oh. list for ages, and I don't really know anything about it, which is why I haven't really been inclined to watch it. But I've heard really good things, and I don't know why I haven't done it yet, and I just need to do it because it's haunting me now. And my um, recommendation is I was looking through animated films around this era and I found this one that is not the same kind of content, but I watched this a few years ago and it totally holds up a lot better than I think Titan AE probably did, which is Emperor's <laughs> New Groove. Oh, heck yeah. also made in 2000. It's just as funny to me as an adult. So if you haven't seen that or you haven't seen it in a while, you should watch it because it's great. I think it's on Netflix. I can't believe those were both made in the same Isn't that weird? They seem like different times. Yeah. For my watch list, Netflix really gained a lot of things this past week because it's July and it's just like there was this huge influx of a lot of new movies um, as well as a lot of um, sagas and stuff where they put everything on there. Like all of Indiana Jones is up. All of the Christopher Nolan Batman (coughs) is up. Um, so those I've added, but what I really am excited about is this movie called Burning. Um, it's a Korean film. It got such praise, and it looks so stunning. The color scheme for this movie is gorgeous, and I heard it was just like... I didn't. I don't know anything about it, but I tried very hard to see it when it was in theaters, because oh. it came out at Oscar season, and it was never playing around us. Mm. So I'm excited to watch that now. I recommend Anastasia. Uh, it's got the same dude from Titan A.E., but with brown hair. And I just... I he just dyed his hair for the role. He just dyed his hair for the role. Dimitri, he's the same guy. Uh, I just love the music in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. I've got, like, every song running through my head from it right now. Um, Julian loves Anastasia. It's so, so good and so really funny. Uh, like, I laughed at everything Bartok did and everything Christopher Lloyd as Rasputin did. I also love Rasputin, so, yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> watch it if you're a fan of Rasputin. <laughs> Uh, catch us next week for our wrap-up episode. Yeah. We just finished round three. That's crazy. I know. We have so much. Um, so that's what we're doing the next time around. Catch us, uh, doing, like, a post-mortem on everything we talked about this round, as well as playing some fun new games. Yeah. Later, dudes. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Should we harmonize? Ready? Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what harmonies are. (laughs)